welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Hello there, I'm Blake Lindsay. Welcome to Zig Ziggler's Inspire Podcast. I'm excited you're here and I certainly hope you're having a better than good day. If you're not, then you have come to the right place. From the title of this podcast, you can tell that today. We are talking about a very important subject, raising children. What an awesome responsibility, and one that we can always learn more about. Let's join Mr. Ziegler as he shares some inspiring thoughts on the subject. I'll be back in a few minutes. Let's enjoy some Zig Ziglar together. I'm a foodie, and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. In the world in which I live, I do a lot of talking about moral values. Dr. Robert Coles of Harvard University just finished a 20-year study on the subject. He was asked the question, what's the most important things you can teach your children if you want your children to be successful? And Dr. Coles, the world-renowned psychiatrist, said, if you want to give your children the best chance at success, you will teach them strong moral values. If you were to go down the list of the qualities of success that you've identified and look back at it, you would discover that over 50% of these really are moral values that we are talking about. And if you look carefully, you'll discover that every single quality which you identified are also identified very clearly in the Bible, the greatest success book ever written. The best place to go in the Bible for instructions is the book of Proverbs. I mean, verse after verse tells you how to run your marriage. Verse after verse tells you how to raise your children. Verse after verse tells you how to run your business life. It tells you how to run your moral life. It tells you about the people you need to associate with. I mean, in one book of the Bible, the book of Proverbs, you can learn things that absolutely are astonishing. Newspaper columnist Dale Shockley observes, that some books will spend two, three, or four hundred pages on one subject, but there's one book that covers all the subjects in that one book. It, of course, is the Bible. On being a husband, 1 Peter 3, 7 says, 
In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat her with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. If you don't treat her as you should, your prayers will not be heard. On being a wife, Ephesians 5:33. So again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. On being a parent, Proverbs 22, 6. Teach your children to choose the right path, and when they're older, they will remain upon it. Proverbs 29, 17 says, Discipline your children, and they will give you happiness and peace of mind. Colossians 3.21 says, Fathers, don't aggravate your children. If you do, they will become discouraged and quit trying. Ephesians 6.4 says, And now a word to you fathers. Don't make your children angry by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction approved by the Lord. Proverbs 29.15 says, To discipline and reprimand a child produces wisdom but a mother is disgraced by an undisciplined child. On being children, Ephesians 6, 1, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Proverbs 1, 8, Listen, my child, to what your father teaches you. Don't neglect your mother's teachings. Proverbs 23, 22, Listen to your father who gave you life, and don't despise your mother's experience when she is old. Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. Proverbs 29.11, a fool gives full vent to anger, but a wise person quietly holds it back. Romans 12.18, do your part to live in peace with everyone as much as possible. Ephesians 4.32, instead be kind to each other tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. 1 Peter 3, 10 and 11. For the Scriptures say, If you want a happy life and good days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and keep your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Work hard at living at peace with others. James 4, 7 says, So humble yourself before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It is absolutely true that the Bible is just as up-to-date as today's newspaper. You will understand that all of the information in it is current and usable in your personal, family, and career lives. Let me emphasize something else here. You know, you can get information out of newspapers and magazines. You can acquire knowledge from encyclopedias, good books, and seminars. But wisdom, according to the book of James in the Bible, is a gift from God. Let me give you an example of wisdom on display by a lady who finished the fifth grade. She just happened to be my mother. When I was a youngster, I worked in a grocery store. It was the heart of the Depression. There were eight of us children still at home. When Dad died, there were 12 of us all together. Things were very, very difficult. I worked on Saturday in a grocery store from the time before I entered the fifth grade. I worked from 7 o'clock in the morning till 11 o'clock at night. I made 75 cents. Henson's Sandwich Shop there in that little town uh, saw that I was a hard worker, was enthusiastic about what I was doing, 
and that I obviously was very dependable. They offered me a job to pay me $1.15 a day, and I would have to work roughly four hours less than I was working in the grocery store. I don't need to tell you that I wanted to make that change. My mother never even considered letting me do that. Her reasoning was this. She said, son, I don't know, Mr. Henson. He might be a good man, but I'm told they sell beer in Henson's sandwich shop. I know Mr. John R. Anderson, the man who owns a grocery store. I know he's a good man, a godly man, and I know that he is going to do right by you. Now, at the moment, son, that other 40 cents might look like it's a lot of money. And in those days, it was. You could buy a 24-pound sack of flour for 55 cents. You could buy three pounds of good bacon for 27 cents. You could buy a good-sized orange for one cent. So that other 40 cents, you know, when every dime was imported, was imported. My mother said, we can live without the 40 cents. The impact of a John Anderson can be very important in your life. The bottom line is Mr. Anderson treated me like a son. They did not have children. He took me to a Piggly Wiggly convention, a grocery convention in New Orleans, Louisiana. Every Wednesday, he would get me in his car, and we would ride out to the large farm while he dealt with the overseer and the people working there. He treated me, as I say, like a son. The bottom line is my son is named after John R. Anderson. On my wall of gratitude, where I have 26 men and women, Mr. John R. Anderson is right there on that wall of gratitude. Uh, the association is so important. Being with and around the right people is so important. Simple example of Mr. Anderson's wisdom. One day a man came in with a business proposition, and it sounded good to me as a child. But Mr. Anderson never considered it. When the man left, I said, Mr. Anderson, that sounded like a good deal to me. Why didn't you take advantage of it? He said, well, boy, let me tell you something. I learned a long time ago, you can't make a good deal with a bad guy. And that man is a bad guy. That was part of my philosophy of life, has been ever since that day when my mother left me in that grocery store. It was the best thing that possibly could have happened to a small child. Parents need to make decisions for their children until the child is old enough and mature enough to make those decisions himself. The bottom line is very simple. We need to teach our children to hang around with the right people. Uh, the Los Angeles Times did a study several years ago of prominent people, and they learned that in virtually every case, at one stage of their life, they made a conscious decision to associate with only people of high moral, ethical values. The results were they became very successful. Now, what am I saying? I'm really saying that the most important thing that we can teach our kids if we want them to be positive and successful in life are the qualities which we've all known really all of our lives are the important ones. We got to teach our kids that they've got to be team players and that they've got to learn and accept responsibilities on a daily basis in the home.
It's not something that mom does or dad does. There are little things that even the three and four year olds can start participating in. And you mothers especially will relate to what I'm talking about because it seems that the jobs around the house not previously designated, all the unidentified jobs, mom, that is her job. And what we need to do in all fairness to the children is to give them an opportunity to share in growth, privileges, and opportunities. If one person does it all, you might can do it faster, you might can do it easier, you might can do it better. But then the kids will assume pretty quickly that you're so much better at it than they are that it's no point in them getting involved. And from then on in, it's difficult to get them to participate. To raise positive kids, I'm convinced that one of the most important things that you can give that child is a good name. Somebody once said that a good name was better to be chosen than great riches. I'm absolutely convinced that in today's world, a good name is great riches. Let me tell you about one of the proud moments in my life. It took place a couple of years ago. We were going back to our home for our family reunion. We have family reunion in my family every year in Yazoo City, Mississippi. We stopped in one of the stores. We bought a number of items. The bill wasn't uh, monstrous, but it was over a hundred bucks. And my wife wrote the check. And as she was finishing writing the check, she automatically reached into her billfold to pull out a credit card and the driver's license. Talking as she went, she said, I assume you want some identification. And the lady who had never seen us before looked at the last name and she said, no, in Yazoo City. This is all the identification you'll need. <clears throat> How grateful I am that my mother, my older brothers and sisters, my cousins, my in-laws left that kind of heritage. We need to teach our kids from the beginning that when they sign their names to their schoolwork, they're saying, this is mine. It's what I have done. This represents my efforts right here. I remind you over and over and over that you're what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. And your child is exactly the same way. And so when we put all of the good stuff in over a period of time, it makes a difference. It's not the big things, though. It's the little things that you daily do that makes the difference. In raising positive kids, the thing we need to understand is that the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. We need to understand that. And the main thing on a daily basis when the kids get here is to raise them in a positive fashion. Doing the little things make the big difference. And some little things do make great, great big differences. Andrew Carnegie at one time had 43 millionaires working for him. Now, in those days, a million dollars would be at least $20 million today, probably twice that amount. A reporter heard about it, and he went to him and he said, Mr. Carnegie, how in the world did you hire 43 millionaires to work for you? And Mr. Carnegie said, well, they were not millionaires when they got here. And then the reporter asked the obvious question, what did you do to make them so valuable to you that you were willing to pay them enough money they became worth a million dollars? And Andrew Carnegie said, you develop men like you mine gold. 
He said, you go into the gold mine and you move several tons of dirt to find an ounce of gold. But you don't go in there looking for the dirt. You go in there looking for the gold. And to raise positive kids in a negative world. We need to train ourselves to look for the positive there, the good things about them. And then once we've found some of the good, we need to tell them. I'm sure many of you are familiar with the Suzuki method of music. Shinichi Suzuki, the famous Japanese doctor, teaches music to kids, and he teaches them while they're still in the crib. Literally, they listen to cassette recordings of music. When the kids start playing, one of the first things they teach them, once they're old enough to hold the bow in the hand, even before they really get proficient, one of the very first things he teaches them to do is to take a bow. And the reason they teach them to take a bow is that always when a musician bows, what does the audience do? They applaud, that's right. And they found that applause is one of the real great motivators of life. And if we can find something to applaud our kids about, then we're going to be able to do some things. What a timely message to hear today. Teach our children all about respect, integrity, honesty, and good character. And they can do anything in life they choose. I hope that you've heard something today that you can use. If you have, I'd love to hear from you. You can call me if you want to, 972-383-3268. Or drop me a line at blindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, at Ziegler, Z-I-G-L-A-R dot com. I love to communicate with our podcast listeners. If I can help you in any way, please let me know. Until next week, I'm Blake Lindsay, encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. Inspiring true performance.